Do all of your tales have tales? Mine too. We all enjoy a funny story, an uplifting account, or a sweet childhood memory involving animals. That's what we're sharing on this podcast. As a lifelong animal lover like you, and a professional pet and people photographer, you can imagine I have many tales to tell. Every week, I will be premiering an episode that I narrate or have a special guest join me to share their tale. This podcast goes along with the Tales with Tales Facebook group at Silverpaw Studio, so be sure to join me there too. Now enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Tales with Tales Season 3. We're going to gallop right into this episode with Kim Wendy of Passionate Horsemanship. She tells the story of her horse, PJ, and the bond that they have formed over the years through her positive reinforcement training. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Tales with Tales. Today I have special guest Kim Wendy, and we are going to horse around. Uh-huh. <laughs> Welcome, Kim. Thank you. I appreciate you letting me be here and tell the story of the horse. You're the first horse story uh, that we've had on the show. I don't know a lot about horses. I'm excited to hear about the horse that you have now. All right. Okay. Well, the particular horse that I have right now is his name is PJ. I acquired him from a, a lady out of Oklahoma. I happened to see PJ and they said that uh, he was rideable, but, and he was real good on the ground, but he was a little bit spooky when you were on his back. Hmm. And I thought, oh, it's okay. <clears throat> you know, with my training methods, I'll be able to help him and gain confidence. So I got PJ and brought him home. I, I always let my horses settle. I let him settle for like three days before mm -hmm. I do anything with him because I want to see how their mannerism is, what they're worried about, what they like, all those things like to let him settle. Like I said, so I can kind of find out their personalities. And stuff. Mm. So I let him settle in and then I got in his pen and he would go to the back of his pen and just put his head against the fence and shake. Oh. So Somebody I feel was pretty heavy handed on him. You know, I don't know what his past was. This lady didn't either. He was a, maybe it's, he was a stallion at one time. I don't know when he got gilded, which means that he can no longer produce because he's a gilding, kind of like with dogs when you capture them, you gild horses. Mm -hmm. And so as a stallion, maybe he was real aggressive and somebody just bumped on him a lot. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know his past history. I just knew he'd go to the back of the fence and would shake because he was scared. Mm. It took me a little bit, but I want his confidence, you know, and trust. And every, still, when I went in a pen, he'd go to the back of the pen, but he quit shaking. Mm. And he would start turning around quicker to greet me. And I never had a problem getting a halter on him. Because sometimes some of those, you go to put a halter on, you get it up just about right, and they bolt off. Mm -hmm. Well, he, he wasn't like that. He lets you put the halter on him. But he was always, like, looking, waiting for the other shoe to fall. It's like, what's going to happen? You know, he was just really aware of everything that went on around him. And so when he was good with that, I thought, where he was at, 
he has a like a 12 by 12 stall with a run off of it. So it wasn't a little confined area. He had room where he could go back and forth, but he couldn't just do a full out gallop. Hmm. And so I have a pin out back and I wanted to turn him out back so that he could run, you know, stretch his legs some and stuff. So I turned him out there and it's a pretty good size dry lot. So I, when I went to catch him that night, I couldn't catch him. Oh. And I had a round pin back there and he kept going around. So I couldn't cut him off because what I can normally do when one's doing that, you can kind of cut him off and stop them from coming back up towards the front, towards the gate, stuff like that. Mm. And would be able to catch him. But when the round pin's in there, he just went around and around and around. So it's like kind of like having a coffee table in your front room and you go around it, you know, having your dog chase you and they're like, how am I going to catch you? <laughs> it's the same thing, you know, trying to catch him. So I had to go get my husband and say, can you help me catch him? <sighs> so we caught him and then put him back up. And it took a, a little bit before he really trusted that I could catch him. But now I can walk out in the pasture and he might walk off. He doesn't ever run anymore. Uh, he might walk, I don't know, four or five steps away. And I'm just like, PJ. Mm-hmm. And he turns around and looks at me and he just stands there. Oh. And then I catch him. <laughs> but he is leery of new people. Mm-hmm. He kind of reminds me of a Mustang. Because the Mustangs are kind of like that. When they get with a person, they really get attached to that person. And then they're not real trusting of other people sometimes. And he's kind of like that. It's like, I don't know you. I I don't know. But I built that relationship with him. And I used positive reinforcement to do it. And the thing is with positive reinforcement is it's the animal's preferred method of learning. Mm-hmm. And he just thrived using the positive reinforcement. In fact, he cracks me up because I was doing a video one time and he was standing behind my shoulder and I was talking to him about getting a horse to back up easily. And he's licking the back of my arm the whole time like a dog. <laughs> I just got so tickled. I'm like, PJ, stop licking <laughs> My dog does that. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's what he does. And he, I'm the only one he does it to. He doesn't do it to anybody else. He just does it with me. Aww. So um, I've taken him off the property. I took him to Oklahoma to a clinic, a Liberty clinic that they have up there. And the Liberty clinic is where you don't have a halter and a bridle on them and stuff. And this lady did um, Carolyn Resnick. And mm-hmm. you can find her on the internet. Um, she does a lot of liberty work with horses and stuff. Liberty work. Uh-huh. Okay. And so we had him in a pen and he was loose. And one of the ladies that was helping the main instructor, she was trying to get him to respond and he just wasn't responding. And so she would kneel down. And of course, when she knelt down, he was like, Mm-mm, something's wrong. I don't like that. Oh. And I said, no, 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 you, you're going to have to stand up. He doesn't know what you're doing. He's worried about you already. And she goes, well, why don't you just come in and do it? And of course, when I come in, he's like, oh, I know you. I know what you want. <laughs> you know, and she goes, this one lady said, I have never seen a horse so bonded with somebody like that when they're with mm. you. 
So I loved it. I loved that he was like that. I still have him. He'll be here forever. How long have you had him? Oh, gosh. Um, probably, I'm going to say 10 or 11 years, maybe. And my husband, it was so funny because my Arabian gilding that I had, he was a sorrel and had three stalking legs and a blade. Well, this horse is the same. Sorrel, three stalking legs. One of the back legs is opposite uh, where it's the sorrel and the other one's white. And my Arabian, they were just switched. And he has a blade. And he said, PJ. That means Picano Jr. That was my Arabian's name was Picano. So PJ, Picano Jr. And I, I never thought about that until he brought it up. And I'm like, yeah. Kind of look, uh, besides being the Arabian look, you know, but still, they're the same color and stuff like that. So he will be here from now on. He's he's a really neat horse. But it sounds like he'll be with you forever. Yeah, yeah, I don't plan on selling him. (laughs) Well, and we should mention you are in a perfect home for PJ because you are a horse trainer. And I want to let people know about that. Uh, Most people I think that aren't horse people like myself, we know that if you get a horse and you want to learn how to ride and do things like that, there's places you can go. But you do projects with the horses like I would do with my dog. So you were saying the positive reinforcement training. And I think I saw on your website, even clicker training for horses. That sounds so fascinating. Can you tell us about your business? Yeah, actually, my business is passionate horsemanship. The positive reinforcement is the same as clicker training. I just like to call it positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. It's one of the tools that I use in my training. There's other things that I incorporate with it that I don't give traditional riding lessons. I teach people to train their horses. So I mostly deal with women and those that have had some fear, either because they've been in a riding accident or they get older, they have some of that fear and they can't get their horses to do certain things. You know, maybe they're having problems getting in the trailer or they're not good for the barrier or they won't stand tied or something like that. So I can help them with those different things and really develop that relationship. And through positive reinforcement, it's such a great communication tool that it really helps the horse to understand. Oh, that's so sweet. I have this new dog and we're in training and it's positive reinforcement. She gets like a bazillion and one treats every day. (laughs) Is that something like you do with horses? They get like all the carrots in the world. (laughs) Well, that's the thing with mine. You might see some other people out there that um, they continually give treats and treats and treats and treats. The way I run my program is that I teach it or I use it to teach a new behavior and I phase it out over time and add a cue because like I told people, if you want to go show, you cannot be clicking and treating in the show room. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I phase it out, but I use it to teach a new behavior or to reinforce a behavior that, you know, something you want to get stronger. But yes, I do phase it out and I add cues to it. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do that too. Um, yeah. I have a little word for each thing. Yeah. I hope to phase out the treats too. You can't always have a pocket full of treats. Right. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, I know there's myths out there saying, oh, well, that's going to, it teaches a horse to bite and be pushy. Oh. 
Well, that's the thing is you need to get a professional that will help you with this because you can take a horse that bites and stop on providing using positive reinforcement. Well, Kim, thanks so much for being on the Tales of Tales podcast today. It's been wonderful to hear a horse story finally. Well, you bet. Thank you so much. And I hope that people visit my website. I've got a free report over there about seven things that cause behavior issues in horses and it will help them out a lot. Oh, great. I will link to that in the show notes for sure. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Tales with Tales. I sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you have any feedback, send me an email at Monique, M-O-N-I-Q-U-E, at silverpawstudio.com. To see images illustrating each tale, check out my blog post at silverpawstudio.com and, of course, in the Tales with Tales Facebook group. Until the next episode, I wish you many woofs, purrs, and T-R-E-A-T-S's.